Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. I haven't wanted to do that for 40 years. Don't tell me God doesn't fulfill your dreams. Oh, our theme for the year is real, and that's about as real as it gets. Lord help me. Welcome to the real Super Bowl. How many are glad you showed up for the real Super Bowl? Well, years ago, uh, some friends got me this jersey. Can you see it? You say that with respect. (laughs) Favorite number is 24. It's been my favorite number since before I was 24. I believe 24 is a prophetic or a pathetic prescription. It is a prophetic or a pathetic prediction that our Lions will be the Super Bowl champs in 2024. Now, some of you are like, how can that happen? They're not in the game today. Just so you know, today is actually the 2023 Super Bowl. So don't miss out on that. How many, how many are with me in that prediction? How many really don't care? I want you to know I am not here to rip on the Super Bowl. That is not my intent. I'm here to give uh, some super spiritual perspectives on life. And uh, if I could give a subtitle for today's message, it would be an eternal, an eternal view of life. How's that sound? Now the Super Bowl is arguably the biggest day, come on, the biggest event of the year. I know some of you may not realize that. The Super Bowl has gotten bigger than New Year's Eve. It's gotten bigger than the 4th of July, right? You know what I'm saying? It has gotten, the, the Super Bowl has gotten bigger, I hate to even say this, than Christmas. And sadly, it's even gotten bigger than Easter, right? However, here's a thought that I have. Um, not everyone can, can play in the Super Bowl, right? Only elite athletes. <laughs> only elite teams can play in the Super Bowl. And not everyone can go to the Super Bowl. Right? Not everyone can go to the Super Bowl game. Only exclusive people get a seat in that stadium. And although most people can and will be watching the Super Bowl, the real truth is simply this, because of some remote places in the world, not everyone can really watch the Super Bowl. When it comes to the real Jesus, and when it comes to real Christianity, and I would even say when it comes to the real Super Bowl, Everyone is invited. Everyone can be involved, and everyone can be included. In fact, you may not know this, but the Bible, guys, it it is filled with like whatsoever's, right? Or whosoever's. Whosoever will. Whosoever. It's just filled with whosoever's. The Bible is filled with all, and the Bible is filled with this word everyone or everybody. It's just incredible. I want you to listen to just a, a few everyone scriptures real fast. Acts 2.21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that incredible? Everyone. But you've got to call on the name of the, the Lord to be saved, right? But everyone. John 3.15. That Everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, talking about Jesus. Everyone who believes can have eternal life. And then in 1 John 5, 1, it says, it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Isn't that incredible? Everyone. So the first point I want to talk about, guys, today is everyone is invited to the Super Bowl party. Everyone is invited to the Super Bowl party. Go to Luke chapter 14. We'll get there in a minute. Today, people will be breaking eating records. Pizza eating records. Chicken wing eating records. 
guacamole eating records, right? And many more different kinds of foods. Today, across America, maybe all over the world, people will be having parties. But some people, they didn't get invited to a party. I hope I'm not talking about you. Maybe you got invited to a party, but you did not get invited to the party, right? You know, the party that everyone got invited to, but you. How many know what I'm talking about, right? The best people are going to be there. The best food's going to be there, but you ain't going to be there because you did not get what? You didn't get invited. And the truth is, some people will be watching the game alone. Now, when it comes to Michigan football, I tend to want to watch the game alone. When I watch the Lions, I'm okay with going to a party so we can cry together. You know what I'm saying? But, but when I watch Michigan football, I don't want anybody in the house because I want you to still think I'm a righteous pastor. All right? Okay. <laughs> just, just being honest. All right? All right? All right? Whew. I want you to know that there is a party that you and your friends, your coworkers, and your classmates are invited to. In fact, everyone is invited to this party. And this party is called the kingdom of God. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? It's called, the, it's called the kingdom of God. But here's the problem. This is the problem. The problem is many would rather be invited to and go to other parties. I mean, you're invited to the, to the kingdom of God. The, the question is, are you going to accept the invitation? Right, right, right. And, and, and if you think I'm kidding, I want you to listen to Jesus in Luke chapter 14. We'll go from 15 through 24. Listen to this. It says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have, just, I, I, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. I do think there's a couple in the crowd today that's getting married today, and they still came to church. I'm just saying. Woo, that'll preach. Verse 21, the servant, came, the servant came back and reported, this is his master. Reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor the cripple, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. That's powerful. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. That'll, that'll warp your view of Jesus. Some great stuff there. I want you to notice that all kinds of people were invited to the banquet, the kingdom of God party. Everyone got invited, but some rejected the invitation. I mean, that's the bottom line. Everyone got invited, but some rejected the invitation. And you say, why did some reject the invitation? Well, to sum it up, I'd say many were too busy to come to the real Super Bowl party. And others were too bougie to come to the real Super Bowl party. And, and I couldn't figure out how to spell bougie for nothing. <laughs> I was trying all kinds of stuff. So I went to my wife. I said, how do you spell bougie? So she looked it up like a smart woman. And she said, this is how you spell bougie. And then she said, oh, by the way, this is the definition of bougie. And she read this definition of bougie. You look it up on your own, you know. And then when, after she read me the definition, I went, I think I'm bougie. 
and, and she looked at me and she was like, you ain't bougie. So I, I, I'm not really sure what the word means, but according to my wife, I, I, I ain't bougie. I ain't bougie. I ain't. Jesus is like, go to the highways. Go to the byways. And invite him to my party. Well, who should we invite to your party? Jesus, the broken. The beat up, the messed up. Talking about this section right here, all right? This is so good. This is such good stuff. Basically, Jesus is saying the humble. Those who know they should not be invited to the party. Those are the ones I want you to invite to my party. Come on now. I want them invited to the real Super Bowl party. The ones who don't think they should, they should be there. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like real grace. It sounds like real grace. I might think real grace sounds like a really good series. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it sounds like grace. You, you, you know you don't deserve God's grace. You know you don't deserve God's mercy. And you, don't, you know you don't deserve God's forgiveness. You know what that is? That's real salvation. If you think you deserve and, or have earned God's salvation, you're missing what salvation is. Grace is when you go, I don't, I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it but I'm still invited to receive it, right? That's why I say Jesus is kind of summarizing here real grace. Now let's just shift gears for a, sec a second here. Um, if you accepted Christ's invitation to his kingdom, to his party, then invite others to Christ's kingdom party. How I many know that's how it's supposed to work, right? I mean, think about it. You got invited by someone to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and now you are experiencing the real, the real kingdom, the real kingdom party, the real Super Bowl, and now the challenge is, now, now you and I are called to invite others to the real party, right? Right? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? But here's three reasons why, real quick, we tend to not invite others to the real Super Bowl party. Just three quick reasons, and I hope that you'll, you'll be able to be honest enough to say, yeah, one of those is one of the reasons why I tend to not invite people to the real Super Bowl party, the kingdom of God. A would be fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. And it kind of goes like this. What if they say no? My father-in-law, Charlie, who was my spiritual mentor, Huge at sharing his faith, loved to be an evangelist on the streets wherever he went. And he would constantly tell me, Angelo, say no for no one. Don't size people up and think there's no way that they would say yes to the kingdom of God. Because you have no idea who might say yes to the invitation. And he would say, don't you say no, let them say no. But don't you say no. And that's really helped me out when it comes to sharing my faith and inviting people to experience Jesus and or the kingdom of God. I don't want to say no for those types of people. You have no idea who might say yes to a church invitation, who might say yes to a Jesus invitation. You just have no idea. I've had numerous times where you guys have come up to me and go, I can't believe him. I invited him to church. I did not think he would say yes to the invitation of salvation. And he did, right? Quit sizing people up. Let me tell you something about rejection. It hurts, all right? And some of us are like, why would I add more rejection to my life? I already experience it on a daily basis. The last thing I want to do is add more rejection to my life. Let me tell you what hurts more than rejection. Not getting invited to the party. Amen? Rejection hurts. You invite people to the kingdom of God, you invite people to the church, you're going to get rejected. But what hurts more is when you never get an invitation to the kingdom of God. Just keep that in mind when it comes to reasons why we might not invite people to the kingdom of God. B would be this, a lack of compassion. I want us to be real with this one. Because some of us get so religious, we forget where we came from. And some of us get to the point where it's kind of like, you know, I want that lawless guy at work to pay for his attitude. You know, it's, we got the spirit of Jonah on us. You get a chance, read the book of Jonah. The primary reason why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh was he did not want the Ninevites to say yes to the Lord and repent. He was like, they're wicked, evil. I'm not going there because I want them to pay the price for their attitude and their rejection of Jehovah God. And, and Noah's like, I don't want to go there. And sometimes... 
you know, we get that way. We don't even realize it, but it's like we forget where we came from and we don't want to invite people to the kingdom of God because they've been rejecting God for 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And we're like, I hope you get what you, what you, what you deserve kind of a thing. And how many are glad that someone didn't treat you that way? Right? I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to be real here because I think sometimes we don't realize it, but we're no longer as compassionate for the lost as we were years ago. So some of us don't invite people because fear of rejection. Others of us, we just don't have the, the compassion that we used to have. And C would be this, misconceptions of missing the party. Some of us just have warped views of what happens to those who... Do not say yes to the invitation. We have these misconceptions. We no longer really believe that those who miss the real Super Bowl spend eternity in hell, separate from God and separate from their friends. We just don't believe that anymore. We have this misconception. So we kind of live our lives 10, 12, 15, 18 years go by, and we don't in, invite people because our concept is warped. We don't realize that we have to invite people to the kingdom of God. They have to say yes to this invitation to enter the kingdom of God. Amen? I want you to know that, that Bon Scott isn't right. So I mean, like, who is Bon Scott? He sang a song called Highway to Hell. How many have heard it before? Right? Some are like, Pastor, would, would you sing it for us? Sure. No, I'm not going to do that today. Okay? But one of his lines in the song Highway to Hell is, my friends are going to be there too. I'm on a highway to It sounds great, right? When you're in your car with your buddy smoking weed, okay? But I'm here to tell you, your friends aren't going to be there too. It's a misconception. A lot of people bought into that, you know? But I'm just trying to say, one of the reasons why Christians no longer invite people as we have forgotten, there's a price to pay for those who don't say yes to Jesus. And still others miss the party because they have a misconception that they're too broken to come. They're too broken to come to the cross. Listen, only broken people come to Christ's kingdom party. Let me say that again. The only kinds of people that accept the invitation to his kingdom are broken people, right? And Rock Church dreams of a place where the broken are made whole. Listen, those of you that can admit you're broken, you are a candidate for the kingdom of God. Amen? Right? I don't know if candidate's the right word, but I think you get the point. And those of you who are like, I'm not broken, you're really far from the kingdom. The ones that are like, I'm a hot mess and I need grace, right? Don't have a misconception and think that your good is going to outweigh your bad on judgment day. You're going to face a holy God, and he is inviting you to the kingdom of God today. Someone say amen. amen. All right. All right, let's get to number two. Got to try to encourage you a little bit, right? Um, everyone needs to know the importance of the real Super Bowl prize. Get your Bible, go to Philippians chapter three. We'll get there in just a second. Tonight, only one team and one head coach will hold up the Lombardi Trophy. Only one team gets to do that. Later, later this year, 50 plus players will get Super Bowl rings. And one team, only one team gets to visit the White House. Now, I don't know if that's a prize or that's pain, but that's another message. <laughs> totally different message, all right? Just putting that aside, all right? When I was a youth pastor, I played in five toilet bowls. Well, let me explain that. It was a football tournament. And I got the stats right here. They're, they're right here. I won the prize. I won the championship four times in five years. So I'm going to give it up for the pastor. Otherwise, I got to show that video again. I want you to listen to Philippians chapter 3. We'll start in verse 4. Apostle Paul, he says, He says, Though I myself have, have reason for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence 
in the flesh or their own accomplishments, right? And self. He says, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, I persecuted the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, I was faultless. But whatever, whatever were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He says, what is more? He says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, rubbish, dung that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that, that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from faith on the basis righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, I want to know Christ to, to, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow obtaining to the resurrection from the dead. Then he says this, not that I've already obtained all this, or I have already arrived at, at my goal, but I press on, come on now, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize, prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Is that some good stuff or what? I'm looking at 14 again. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So here's the question. What's the prize? What's the prize the apostle Paul is talking about? Now, before we, we talk about the prize, let's first talk about priorities. I just want to talk about priorities just for a second here. We're talking about real kingdom priorities. Listen, if you do not allow God the Holy Spirit to shift your priorities, you are going to struggle getting the goal. You don't allow the Holy Spirit to begin to shift some of your priorities, you're going to struggle experiencing the prize, the real Super Bowl. It starts with your priorities. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to shift some of your priorities. Champion athletes, listen, they place the price, they place the price as the priority in their life. That's kind of what they do, right? They get up early for training. Someone say, praise God. They eat healthier. I'm talking about champion athletes. They get up early, they train healthier, and they hang around people who have like passions. That's kind of what they do. And people who really want the kingdom prize, people who really want the kingdom prize, they prioritize things like Time for spiritual training. Amen. They just do. And they, they begin to eat spiritually healthy. Steak. Come on now. Medium rare, someone say hallelujah, right? I'm just trying to help you a little bit. People who really want the kingdom prize, they prioritize things like hanging around passionate people. Like circling up with people who are passionate for the Lord Jesus Christ. That'll preach. In Philippians 3, Paul first shares his own personal religious resume and accomplishments. You know what he calls them? Garbage, trash, and dung. The Greek word for garbage is dung. All right, Paul's basically saying, my religious, my religious accomplishments, the things that I've achieved, spiritually speaking, compared to knowing Jesus, oh my goodness, they're dung. They're garbage, they're trash. Please keep that in mind, because some of us got our focus on our religious accomplishments, on our spirituality, and if the apostle Paul can say that his spirituality, his religious accomplishments were garbage, trash, and dung, what does that say for your and my religious accomplishments? Just saying. 
I'm really glad you came to church today. And then Paul, he shares the real, the real answer to the real prize, the real Super Bowl. And it's in Philippians 3.10 where he says this, I want to know Christ. Not just meet Jesus or know about Jesus, but the prize, the real Super Bowl, is personally knowing Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can't think of a better prize. I'm not sure what, what, what you're going after today. I'm not sure what you're going after in this season of life, but I'm here to tell you there's nothing, nothing compares than you really knowing and having a personal relationship with yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what Paul said. He's saying the, the prize isn't religion. The prize isn't just a religious experience. The prize is actually having a personal understanding and knowledge and experience with who Jesus Christ is. Amen. Really knowing him. That's important because some of us know about him. We've met Jesus. We've had an experience. But the question is, do you know him today? And are you on a pursuit to really get to know the character, the nature, and the person of Jesus Christ? Because Paul's saying, that's it. That's the prize. When you and I really get to know Jesus, now we're into the real Super Bowl, the real, the real prize. I would just say this, guys. Please keep your eyes on the prize. Please keep your eyes on the prize. The real Super Bowl, knowing Jesus. Get your eyes back on the prize. The real Super Bowl, knowing Jesus. Because some of us have our eyes on petty religious problems. And others of us have our eyes on petty religious debates. And some of us have our eyes on petty religious disagreements. And some of us get caught up in having our eyes on, on petty religious extremes instead of knowing Jesus the prize. Now, I don't know which one of those two statements up there is for you today, but I want to encourage you and challenge you to humble yourself and say, Lord, help me examine my heart because I want to make sure that I keep my eyes on the prize, right? And if some of us, we've taken our eyes off the prize, and my challenge, my encouragement to you is get your eyes back on the prize. Well, what's the prize, preacher? Knowing Jesus. I can't come up with anything better than that. When you truly know his character and his ways, and you have a radical relationship with him, that's the prize God wants you to encounter. Amen? All right. I don't want to have to go here, but I have to go here. In the NFC Championship game, our Detroit Lions had their eyes on the prize in the first half. <laughs> totally. Oh, come on now. I, I, listen, some of you need to bring this issue to the cross today. You've had 13 days of bitterness and hatred in your heart. First half, eyes on the prize. Second half, eyes off the prize. How many just like, wow, I never realized that was the problem. You know? Some of you are still mad at Coach Campbell, right, you know? Others of you are mad at players for fumbling or are dropping passes. I think all that contributes, but here's the thing. Until you get the prize, you ain't got the prize, right? Until you get the prize, you ain't got the prize. And I'm telling you, the Lions were acting like they got the prize at halftime, right? And so were you, right? You're dancing texting people all over social media. We're going to the Super Bowl. You're not there yet. Whew. How many are getting some flashbacks right now? <laughs> Trying to help you a little bit. Listen, to get to show people you got the prize, the trophy, the ring, you have to finish the race. You got to finish strong. This is really, really important. Because I've watched one too many new Christians bolt out of the gates, right? But not finish the race. And it's not always new Christians, just a crazy thought. What happens? The world begins to call and they crawl back to smoking trees. Well, how many know what I'm talking about? I'm just being real. They go right back to the religious ways. 
They come out of the box, man. Oh, man, they bolt out like the first half of their Christian walk. Man, they're doing great. But all of a sudden, what happens? You know, they get a little church hurt. Some Christian does something inappropriate to them. Next thing you know, they drop out of the race. They quit the race. I have seen that, guys, hundreds if not thousands of times. First half, Bolton, man. Jesus telling everybody about Jesus, inviting people to the kingdom of God. And then all of a sudden, a little test comes their way, a spiritual test. A temptation comes their way, right? They face an unexpected trial. They're blindsided. Maybe trouble comes their way, and then it's Jesus who? Jesus who? I'm trying to help you. It's not it. Listen, listen, finish strong. I said, finish strong. I, we, my friend Ron and I, we used to talk about the seven-year itch, you know, because we'd watch Christians, and it looked like they were on fire smoking hot for Jesus for about six or seven years, and then all of a sudden, at that seventh year, it was Jesus who? we just seen so many Christians at about that seventh year, and I'm just making something up. I'm not saying there's any real truth to it, but that was our experience. We were like, how many people were on fire for Jesus five, six, seven years, but they don't finish the race? They don't finish strong, you know, and I don't know what the reason is. I just gave you a few. Going back to worldly ways, you know, maybe they got hurt in the race, you know, temptation, trials, tests, troubles, whatever it might be. I'm just trying to tell you, these, these things are part of the race. They're going to happen to you, but you are still called to finish strong if you want the prize. Amen? So listen, please, please, do not leave out the rest of Philippians 3.10. Because sometimes we just quote the first half like I did earlier. Paul says this. He says, I want to know Christ. Come on, that's the prize. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participating in his what? His, His sufferings. I don't preach too well in America. Becoming like him in his death. I mean, Paul is saying that to really get to know Jesus, there are going to be seasons of suffering, storms, trials, opposition, persecution, and pain. And he's just, he's, he's, he's trying to toughen up those of us who are in the race, right? Because he wants us to get the prize. And he tells us ahead of time, if you want to know Christ, part of it, if you really want to know the real Jesus, Part of that is you got to participate in the sufferings, meaning you're going to get persecuted. You're going to face opposition. There's going to be some suffering seasons. Uh, come on now, as a Christian. And that's not the time to jet and book and quit. Amen? Back to you Lion fans, both of you. You're going to like this. I'm going to give you guys some hope. You ready? We're talking to only Lion fans. Raise your hand if you're a Lion fan. All right. I'm just talking to you guys. The rest of you, you, for the next 54 seconds, just doze off. This is just for Lion fans. You ready? On our seasons, after seasons, after seasons of suffering are over, and we finally win. I did not say go. I said win the NFL Super Bowl. Ain't nobody going to celebrate like Lion fans. Right? Ain't nobody. Nobody. You want an analogy? 2016, watched the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. We're the Cubs of football. Hallelujah. All right. Whew. And you say, why are we going to celebrate like no other fans? You want to know why? Because we got the prize after generations of suffering. Right? We were part of seeing the curse reversed. Right? All right. Leads us to our final point. Number three. Everyone can be included in the real Super Bowl parade. When a team wins the Super Bowl, come on now, there is usually a city parade, right? Dancing in the streets, flipping over cars. Come on, stay with me a little bit, right? You know, just, you know, burning storefronts. I mean, just, it's just a celebration, you know? You know? 
People are shouting for joy, right? A little bit of both. You know, you got celebration, dancing, shouting for joy, and some people destroy the city. I mean, it just happens, right? Listen to this. After a couple of hours, the parade is over. And for many towns, the pain of losing returns. Well, scripturally, there are some real eternal parades. There are some what kind of parades? Eternal parades. And listen, these parades never end. They just never end. I'm going to share just a two or three with you real quick. When a single soul, when one person is one to Jesus, there's a heavenly parade. I'm just saying. And some of us like, you're dozing off on me right now. I can't be that boring. All right? Listen, when one person says yes to Jesus, there's a heavenly kingdom parade. There's a parade. You know, when someone comes up here and gives their life to Jesus, sometimes we clap and sometimes we doze off, you know? And sometimes when we're online, we hit off or whatever, right? In the kingdom, when one person says yes to Jesus, I want you to know the perspective of heaven, there's a parade. I'm gonna show you that real quick because we gotta get a heart revelation of this and get back to this. Jesus said in Luke 15, 10, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he's talking, he's talking about the kingdom of God there. Now, I want you to notice that, that uh, this is, that the angels, there's a major misconception that we have. We think the angels are the ones rejoicing, but that's really not what the scripture says. The scripture says there's rejoicing in what? The presence of angels. In fact, scripture hints a little bit that the angels don't even understand grace. They can't grasp grace. They can't grasp salvation. They see how holy God is and that he takes us back. He redeems us. And they're freaking out over that a little bit. It's not the angels that rejoice. There's rejoicing in the presence of angels. I'm telling you who's partying, who's parading, who's dancing, and who's singing. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's who's partying. I mean, I, I thought you'd be a little bit more excited than that. You know what I'm saying? Angels are watching God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit boogieing down when one person gives their life to Jesus. Just one person. They're probably dancing a lot up there, just saying. Let me give you another biblical parade. Uh, It's when we receive our eternal reward. I'm going to kind of tie in the second coming with this one just a little bit because how many know that's going to be a parade too, right? But for the most part, I just want to talk briefly about our eternal reward. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in Revelation 22, 12. Listen to this. He said, look, I'm coming soon. There's going to be a parade, right? Look, I'm coming soon. My what? My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Christ's reward ceremony will not be like the Emmys. Someone say, praise the Lord. Will not be like the Grammys. Someone say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ's reward ceremony will not be like the Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, when we're all before Christ's reward ceremony, we're not going to have to wait through long, funny, ridiculous commercials. Someone say, hallelujah, right? I know some of them are incredible and they're funny, but for the most part, it's like, get to the game. You know what I'm saying? Don't have this verse of scripture on the screen, but I, I paraphrased it. It's 1 Corinthians 2.9. Listen to this. This is the Apostle Paul. It's just, it's just flat out incredible. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even conceive the things God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, he's basically saying God's party, God's prize, God's parade, you can't even conceive it, right? I'm up here trying to pump you up a little bit, give you a little hope that the party, the prize, and the parade is going to be amazing. There is no way for me even to conceive it, let alone convey it. Are you with me? Words can't describe it, right? 
I mean, I heard a preacher one time years ago say, you know, in heaven, you know, pavement is made out of gold. You know what I'm saying? You know, think about it. We're like gold, gold, gold. You know, we're all blinged up, right? We're all bougie, right? Right? You know what I'm saying? Right? With our gold. And in heaven, we walk on it. That's how incredible it's going to be when we stand before the Lord for all eternity. Someone say hallelujah for that. I'm trying to give you a little bit of a picture of how incredible it's, it's, it's going to be. And I can't. You want to know why I can't? Because I can't conceive it, let alone convey it, right? Until we fully encounter, <laughs> here's something we got to get a hold of. Until we fully encounter the real Super Bowl, I'm reminded of what Paul said in Romans 8, 18. He says this. He says, I consider that our present, what? Sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You're saying, what does that mean? Paul is saying this. Our present pain doesn't compare to the eternal party, prize, and parade. I don't know about you, but that, that moves me a little bit. It's a major misconception, guys, especially in the American church, that try to kick trials to the curb, tribulations to the curb, suffering to the curb, and try to get everybody to come to the cross and act like they'll never face a battle again. It's a major misconception. You can pack churches out by, by preaching that, right? But it's a major misconception. And Paul is basically saying, listen, listen, man, our present pain doesn't compare. It's going to be there. You're going to face pain. You're going to have relationship issues, emotional issues, spiritual battles. The list goes on. Our present pain doesn't compare to our eternal party, prize, and parade. Someone say hallelujah to that. It doesn't compare. I don't know why I'm more excited about this than you guys. Okay, where are my two illustration people? I don't know. Come on out here, ladies. Give it up for Vanna and Vanna. Maybe this, this simple analogy will um, help give us a more accurate view of eternity. Um, now, you will notice that this rope has an end to it. So it's not a perfect analogy to eternity because eternity has no end. Amen? All right? So it's just an analogy. I want you to look how, how long eternity can be. And obviously, Michelle would have to go to the high school to give us a better analogy. In fact, why don't you go there right now? <laughs> Listen, because some of us have a warped view of life. It's just warped. And, and let me see that yellow. I've got to go. What's that thing? Lamumba? How do you say it? Limbo. Oh. It doesn't work when you got 15 rods and eight screws in your back, all right? But we have this yellow flag, and how many know in football, the yellow flag stands for what? It stands for penalties, right? It stands for, it stands for mistakes and flaws that a player might make. They will throw the yellow flags in that there's a, there's a penalty. I want you to know that every one of us have committed a penalty against the Lord. It's called sin. And here's the thing. Either you will pay the penalty for your sin or Jesus will pay the penalty for your sin. But one of you are paying the price, right? And I would go with Jesus. I said, I would go with Jesus, all right? Because we've all, we've all broken the heart and the law of God, right? We've all sinned against the Lord. We've all, we all have penalties against God. And again, either you're going to stand before him and try to pay the price for your own penalties or the cross is going to pay for your penalties. And I'm here to tell you, go with Jesus, right? Go with Jesus. The red, the red kind of represents, um, we'll say, um, uh, you challenging Jesus. Because if you watch a football game, every now and then a coach will throw out the red flag and they're challenging the referee, right? And I'm here to tell you, it's one thing to challenge the referee in a football game. It's a whole other animal to challenge Jesus, right? You know what that is? That's called pride, right? 
That, that's, that's our pride, and we have a lot of pride. And, and the reason why a lot of us don't want to live for eternity is we've got way too much pride, or we want to continue enjoying our penalties, our sins. And I'm here to tell you, look how long eternity is. Look, look, think about how you're, how, how you're living. Are you basing your decisions, your relationships, your goals, your future, everything that you're dealing with, are you thinking it through the lens, uh, what, of, of, of eternity? If you remember at the beginning of the message, I gave you guys a subtitle, an eternal view, right? An eternal view of life. And I'm trying to help some of you out because some of you aren't looking at this at all. Your mind isn't thinking about this way at all. You're way over here and think about how much longer you're going to be in existence for what? For eternity. And it's time that you and I begin to focus a lot more of our time on what's eternal. Can I get an amen? amen. Would you please stand? I don't know about you guys, but I'm willing to forsake a few ungodly parties for the eternal party. Amen? Just thank you. And when it comes to the prize, is there a greater prize than being in Christ's presence for all eternity? I mean, that's the greatest prize ever. And some of us are going for these temporary, these temporary prizes. And the same thing with the parade. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of the greatest celebration ever. Right? The real Super Bowl. The real Super Bowl. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He says this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is, is what? It's temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Whew. Isn't that good? Thank you. I don't know about you, but I want to experience eternal life, and I want to experience a new life. I did that back in March of 19. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it wasn't that long ago. A couple weeks, just a couple weeks ago went by like that. What is that, 30? Help me out here. Somebody do the math real fast. Help me out. 37 years. Felt like 10 minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? 37 years on a pursuit to know Jesus. Going after the prize. 37 years is nothing compared to what? Eternity. Nothing compared to eternity. Who wants to go to the real Super Bowl? I'm excited. I love going to Super Bowl parties. They tell me to get there at 5, I get there at 4. Just in case someone shows up with the brisket a little early, you know? I'm not lying. I got a strategy. You got to have a strategy in the kingdom. Right? You know? I need nothing more powerful than the real Super Bowl. And I want to get there early if I have to. If God wants to call me home, bring it. I'm ready to go. I'm looking for a glorified body. Someone say, praise the Lord. You know? No more weeping, no more crying, no more tears. Are you kidding me? Let's start to my left real quick. Is there anybody with a raised hand? You'd say, it's time for me to put eternal things ahead of the temporal and give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a hand right there. Praise the Lord. Bravo. Let it go. You know? You're on your way to the real Super Bowl. I got tickets. And they're free, all right? They really are. Jesus paid it for it. Anybody else with a raised hand, you'd say, it's time for me to experience the real Super Bowl, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody to my far right, you'd raise your hand. Anybody to your far right? I thought I saw a hand. Don't scratch right now. That'd be a bad time to itch, all right? Is there anybody with a raised hand? How about in the center here? You're like, it's time for me. There's a hand there. Praise the Lord. Love it. Love it. 
listen. We're clapping and we're excited. I'm, I'm glad for that, all right? I right, know we're not the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, right? He's still clapping. I don't know. I've seen Jesus doing a break dance right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what you're envisioning, but he's moving, all right? That's what he went to the cross for. Anybody else with a raised hand? Anybody else? All right, young lady, and, and I think there was a young man over here. Why don't you guys come down to this altar? There'll be some people. Nobody's going to do anything weird? Come on. Awesome. Way to go. Way to go. Woo! Way to go, dude. Come on now. It's time. It's time. It's time. All right, I love it. Anybody else? Listen, this is really, this is kind of cool. Both of you, real quick. I think this is kind of cool. You're going to be able to tell your story for the next 30 or 40 years if Jesus doesn't return, right? And, and you're going to be telling people, I gave my life to Jesus and entered the party on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of cool, right? The Bible talks about confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a prayer. They're going to join me, all right? You can join me. If you can listen to Usher at halftime, you can join me, all right? All right? They're going to join me. You guys join me as well. I'll say a sentence. I'll pause. Listen, I'll say a sentence. Not now, Sue. I'll say a sentence, and then I'll pause, and then you guys repeat it, and they'll repeat as well. All right? Everybody, you ready? Say, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the invitation. Today, Today, I accept your invitation. I accept your invitation. To the party. To the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Right, now, Jesus, right now, Jesus, I start my race, start my race. for the prize, for the and that is knowing you. Knowing and one day, one day I'm going to celebrate in a parade with you. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. A brand new life and help me to experience eternal life in Christ's name I pray amen there to go he's gone hallelujah all right listen guys we're gonna party a little bit the altars are going to be open. If you want to party at the altar, you can. There's a lot of fun out there in the commons. I think there's an eating contest, football throwing contest, and I think they have some filet mignon if you'll hurry. But this altar's open. If you need prayer, the prayer team will be here. If you don't need prayer, you just want to worship and celebrate the Lord, come to my right. Amen? That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.